1: Thank you, operator, and hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here on our Q3 presentation results webcast. I'm sure that this will be a very exciting presentation as we have a lot to discuss today. You would have seen that we also published our new life of minds for ET and Hyundai. On the call, I am joined by Sebastian, who, as some of you might have seen via our very insightful social media feed, is currently in Ivory Coast. Also on the call are Mark, Henri, and Patrick. Today's call will be followed by the usual format. Sebastian will start with an overview, followed by Henri to discuss the financials. Mark will then take us through the performance of each mine, including the updated mine plans at ET&Hyundai. And then Patrick will move towards providing an exploration update. We will try to be as quick as possible to leave questions at the very end. Before we start, please note our usual disclaimer. And now, I'll hand it over to Sebastian to take us through the first section on page six.
2: Thank you, Martino. Before we start, I'm sure you've all seen the announcement on Tuesday, which confirmed that we are in discussions with Teranga regarding a potential merger of equals style combination. These discussions are ongoing and may or may not result in an agreement in respect of a potential transaction any transaction would only be pursued by management and the board of endeavor if they believe that it represented a compelling value creation opportunity for our shareholders. I want you all to however rest assured, we remain committed to our promises of generating strong cash flow, deleveraging and paying dividends. I do not intend to comment any further at this stage, either in this presentation or during Q&A, which I hope you'll understand. But it's okay, as you'll see, that there is lots of other exciting stuff to talk about. For those who haven't yet had time to digest all the materials published this morning, this slide is a very good summary in short. We are on track to meet guidance for the year. We generated a record cash flow per share. And I'm mentioning per share because it was a record in absolute as well. But given the completion of the semaphore transaction, it is more fair and accurate to look at the per share. We also significantly reduced our net debt with a 71% reduction over the last 12 months. In Q3, we reduced it by nearly $300 million and expect to be net cash by year end if gold remains around $1,900. We also published new mine plan for our two flagship mines, Hyundai and Iti, which demonstrate strong real ability to generate cash flow over a long period and gives visibility to our cash flow generation and last but not least given that we have now a strong balance sheet and that we expect to generate significant cash flow as seen with our new life of mine plan on our two flagships our board has declared our first dividend at an attractive yield it's exciting for me and the team to break this milestone given the work done over the last four years in building the right portfolio and put us in this position today. We will go over all these items in depth and in the upcoming slides. Turning now to slide 7, I'd like to update on our COVID-19 response. We continue to operate at level 1 of our business continuity plan, which is near normal operations, with enhanced preventive measures in place such as temperature checks, increased hygiene standards, social distancing, and regular testing of our workforce. Thankfully, West Africa has avoided the brunt of the impact of COVID-19 so far. While we have seen some impact from the pandemic on our business earlier on in the year, it was mainly around people movement and borders closing. Thanks to the precautionary decisions made and the significant efforts of our entire team, we've been able to maintain our guidance and remain on track to achieve our targets for the year. We continue to remain vigilant with the appropriate measures in place. Moving to slide 8, we can see how we're tracking against our guidance for the year. We continue to focus on our lost time injury frequency rate as a key measure of employee safety and we are pleased that this rate continues to track well below our peers. As anticipated, we had a strong Q3 and we are well on track to achieve our guidance in terms of both production and all-in sustaining costs. This is driven by an expected strong Q4 as we benefit from higher grades at Hyundai and the restart of the Bungo mine. We will also see lower weighting from the relatively higher H1 2020 cost structure of Semaphore once we look at the pro forma full year. This is in spite of a $45 per ounce increase in royalties, which is driven by the higher gold price. Moving on to slide 9, We will look at these metrics in a little more detail starting with safety first this is of the utmost importance to us and our first priority as i mentioned we continue to be well below the industry average however three lost time injuries over the past 12 months is a reminder we can never become complacent i would like to take this opportunity to congratulate hyundai which achieved 20 million lost time free man-hours and Agbao, who reached 10 million lost time free man-hours. This is a great collective effort by the team on-site. On slide 10, you can see the trend in production and audience in sustaining cost on a consolidated basis for the past five quarters. This is the first quarter where we are reporting the results of our consolidated portfolio following the swift integration of the Semaphore assets in the summer. In terms of production, we have had a strong quarter adding 95,000 answers since Q2, which represents a 64% increase quarter on quarter. This increase is due to the addition of MANA and Bungu and a stronger performance in our existing portfolio. Looking ahead, we expect Q4 to be a record quarter as we benefit from higher grades from the carry pump deposit at Hyundai, as well as the restart of mining operations at Bungu. Moving to slide 11, You can see the trend of our all-in margin over the past five quarters. Our margin has increased by 119% since Q2 this year to $245 million, demonstrating a strong performance following the acquisition. We've also been able to take advantage of the higher gold price environment following the expiry of our gold-collar program at the end of June, which saw nearly half of our production capped at the time at $1,500 per ounce. Turning to slide 12 and our operating cash flow before working capital, as you can see this was a record quarter for us for cash flow, both in nominal terms with an increase of $138 million during Q3 when compared with Q2, as well as on a per share basis due in part to the semaphore acquisition, which was accretive to operating cash flow per share by more than 30%. Increased production across the group and higher gold price were also significant contributors. Turning to slide 13, you can see the trend of our leverage profile where we have steadily driven down net debt since completing the investment phase at ET and Hyundai. As you can see from the graphs here, we are in the back end of our debt reduction phase, having brought the net debt down by $300 million in the third quarter alone. This is a great achievement for the business and for our shareholders as we are now quickly approaching net cash position. And the best one slide 14. As mentioned earlier, we are pleased to announce that based on our expected robust free cash flow generation, our Board of Directors has declared a first dividend of $60 million for the 2020 fiscal year payable in early 2021. The initial dividend equates to approximately 40.48 Canadian dollar per share and represents a 0.6, 1.6% yield based on yesterday's closing price. As you can see on this chart, the yield of 1.6% already ranks competitively against our peers. The first dividend sets the path to a sustainable dividend policy based on our capital allocation framework and a strategy of maximizing long-term shareholder value. Following the payment of this first dividend, we expect to declare future dividends on a semi-annual basis with the goal of maintaining a similar annualized dividend yield until we have rich a target net cash position of $250 million. I believe it is important to build a strong balance sheet buffer to be able to continue to pay a dividend during cycles. Once this target cash position is reached, we would be well positioned to reassess our capital allocation priorities, which may include augmenting our shareholder return program through either increased dividends and or share buyback program. Moving to slide 15, this shows you why we are confident to be able to pay a sustainable dividend going forward. Thanks to the updated mine plans and outlooks for both E.T. and Hyundai, we have visibility on long-term cash flow generation. As you will have seen this morning, we've just announced updated mine plans for E.T. and Hyundai to our flagship assets, driven by 2 million ounces of reserve additions principally from recent discoveries at Le Plac at E.T. and Carry Pump and Carry West at Hyundai, as well as expanded mill throughput. These additional reserves have allowed us to optimize demand plans to focus on both E.T. and Hyundai, contributing 250,000 ounces each per year, sustainably, with each mine confirmed with more than 10 years of mine life remaining. We believe that the opportunity remains to continue to extend production at each operation through continued exploration success and fill the gap to maintain this 250,000 mark on an annual production for each operation. The combined annual production of both mines is therefore expected to average approximately half a million ounces for 2025 and 465,000 ounces for 2021 through 2030. The chart here shows the details of the current and previous mine plans. In one you can see the original plans, while the blue bars represent the added production from the mine plans announced today. In aggregate, this plans adds an average of 106,000 ounces or 257 percent per year through 2025 and 170,000 ounces or 58% per year from 2021 through 2030. And of course, these are just two mines out of our portfolio of six. On slide 16, we can spend a moment looking at the five year outlook for the ET and Hyundai mines in more detail. Both mines are expected to produce, as I said, 250,000 ounces a year each, and these figures don't include further upside potential from near mine exploration. The average all in sustaining cost for those two assets is $823 an ounce which places them at the bottom of the industry cost curve. With total M&I resources of 8.6 million ounces, we are very optimistic we'll be able to continue adding to reserves as a result of our exploration campaigns and as demonstrated over the last few years. We've already identified a number of targets which we are busy assessing. Looking at the column of the far right, we are confident we can continue extending the mine lives to beyond 10 years in each case as a result of further near mine exploration programs. When looking at mine performance and assessing the impact of our operation, we look beyond just production and cost metrics and consider our environmental footprint, including CO2 emissions. We believe that predicting our potential impact is an important step in finding ways to further minimize this impact. At these two operations, We have calculated that the intensity of our greenhouse gas emissions will be well below the industry average of 0.6 tons of CO2 equivalent, which is encouraging. As miners continue to tackle climate change, we believe this will become an increasingly important metric and a differentiating factor. Turning to slide 17, as I mentioned at the start of the call, significant progress continues to be made at Fedecro, our greenfield project in Côte d'Ivoire. During the quarter, we announced a 108% increase in indicated resources to 2.5 million ounces and an average grade of 2.4 grams per ton of gold. We also released the result of an initial PA, which was based on the original 1.2 million ounce indicated resource and a 1.5 million ton per annum plant. As you can see on the right-hand side, the economics are already quite compelling. Based on the robust project economics and the fact that we have determined that we don't need to do any further drilling for reserve conversion, we've decided to fast-track FedExRo to PFS stage, which we are targeting for completion now in q 21. This will include a doubling of the processing plant size to 3 million tonnes per annum. With additional nearby targets still to be drilled, we believe FEDECRO has the potential to become a key asset in our portfolio which is very exciting indeed. Finally, before I hand over to Henri, let's take a look at the exploration side of the business on slide 18. You can see on the right-hand side a breakdown of our exploration expenditure for the year-to-date. The largest spends were at ET and Hyundai as we continue to drill attractive exploration targets at each mine. We also continued to invest in FedEgro as well as in some other promising greenfield targets. As we move into 2021, we expect to ramp up exploration efforts on both Bungu and Mana. I'll keep this slide brief as Patrick will comment later. Turning to slide 19, you can see here that we remain well on track to meet our five-year exploration target set back in 2016 to discover 10 million to 15 million ounces of additional resources by 21. Since then, we've added 8.4 million ounces and this was done for less than $15 per ounce discovered, which is of course very competitive. We are finalizing exploration plans for Mana and Bungu and see these as strong opportunities for additional success. Bungu in particular has seen limited drilling since it was built and we have identified several promising near mine targets. We look forward to updating you on this during the course of next year. Slide 20 brings us to the end of the highlight section. To summarize, I believe we have created an attractive portfolio with diversified exposure and optionality across the asset lifecycle. Following the acquisition of SEMAOX4 earlier this year, we now have six producing mines which are generating good cash flow and allowing us to pay dividends. In addition, we have near-term growth potential from our four projects and long-term upside from our extensive Greenfield Exploration Portfolio. I will now hand over to Henri to take us through the financial results in greater detail.
3: Thank you, Sebastian, and hello to everyone. I will start on on slide 22 with a snapshot. The key takeaway here is that we are in a much stronger position year-on-year, mainly due to higher production across the group, a full year of ET, and obviously the integration of the semafo asset during the quarter, and gold price. This has contributed to strong increases, as you, as you can see here. If we turn to slide 23, Martino, we can see the breakdown of the all-in margin, which as a reminder, includes the non-sustaining capital. If we look at the bottom line of the slide, you can see that on a year-to-date basis, we are up more than doubled compared to the same period in 2019, while on a quarterly basis, we nearly tripled all-in margin. If we move to, uh, to the next uh, slide, uh, net free cash flow, you can see that the continuous progress of our net free cash flow uh, 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 from uh, this year. Our uh, year-to-date net free cash flow before repayment or proceed from long-term debt improved by nearly $363 million. Uh, and uh, if we highlight some uh, notable items here, we have taxes paid, uh, which has increased mainly due to increased corporate income tax payment at Agbau. And as you can see uh, in point six, Q3 also includes uh, acquisition and restructuring costs. If we move to, to point nine of this slide, you can see that we have repaired a portion of the RCF, which we drew down in, um, in Q2 as a precaution during uh, the COVID-19 crisis. Moving to slide 25, net depth and liquidity analysis, we will take a closer look at our net depth and liquidity We have prepared an analysis of our cash position, starting with our cash position at the end of Q4, 2019, and ending with how we currently stand at the end of Q3, 2020. And as you can see, uh, with significant operating cash flow and with investing and financing cash flow, we ended up the quarter with $523 million in cash. This means that we ended Q3 at a net debt of $175 million, which, as Seb previously noted, is down significantly from, uh, from last year. So this, combined with the strong EBITDA performance, has resulted in a reduction in the net debt to adjust adjusted EBITDA ratio to just 0.29 times. Next slide, uh, it provides a breakdown of our adjusted net earnings. And for ease, we have noted the adjusting line items with the letter A on the right-hand table. And if we look at the table, we'll see that the largest item relates to the losses on financial instruments. This is mainly due to the derivative per- portion of the convertible senior bond, which has increased due to the significant increase in our share price in 2020. Uh, earnings were also impacted by higher depreciation resulting from the growth-up of the semafo asset. Uh, Nonetheless, our adjusted net earnings increased on a growth on a per share basis compared to the same period last year as you can see at the bottom of the the table. Uh, In particular, our adjusted net earnings per share has increased significantly to 1.24 at quarter and nearly a factor of of 4. And then slide 27, Martino, I'd like to to say that the financial review by looking at our adjusted earnings per share and how it's trended over time. And as you can see from, from the graph, it has continued to grow steadily over the year, and it's now sitting at 44% for the quarter, up 47% from, from the same period uh, last year. Sebastian, back to you.
2: Thank you Henri, I realize that uh, this is your last webcast as um, Joanna, has recently arrived and will be taking over as CFO beginning of next year. I thought I'd leave you with a nice stat. You now hold the record within Endeavor as CFO that has generated the most cash flow. Good timing. Uh, while you were in CFO, we decreased our net debt by $298 million from $473 million to $175 million. But given that production is higher weighted to Q4 and due to the continued strong gold price environment, Joanna, I'm sure we'll quickly try to surpass you. Uh, on that
4: note, Mark, over to you for the uh, operational review. Thank you, Sebastian, and hello to everyone. I trust that you're keeping safe and well wherever you're located. Starting on slide 29, our production bridge illustrates the performance year-to-date for both the pre-acquisition assets as well as the pro forma business. ITCIL, Hyundai, and Karma all showed increases which more than offset the expected decline of Agbau and resulted in a pre-acquisition production level of 475,000 ounces year to date. A great achievement given the challenges presented by COVID-19 and a mod- modest increase from the same period in 2019, which is typically, typically a more challenging quarter given the rainy season. Once we add in the year to date impact of manor and bungu, we're now looking at pro forma production of and twenty two thousand ounces. As you know, we have recently restarted mining operations at Bungu, so the production shown here is mainly from processing stockpiles. Moving to slide thirty, I will start the operational review with Hyundai. As you can see on the chart, production increased in Q3 due to higher process grades, which more than offset slightly lower throughput. All in sustaining costs decreased quarter on quarter, mainly due to a decrease in sustaining capital, lower processing unit costs, and slight, slightly higher sales volume, which more than offset higher royalty and higher mining and GNA unit costs. On the bottom right hand side, you can see the detailed KPI. Total tonnes mined declined by 14% due to the normal rainy season impact, while total tonnes of ore mined increased by 15% due to the commencement of mining at carry Pump. With an initial low strip ratio. all was sourced primarily from Vindaloo Main and Central and carry Pump, supplemented by Boré and Vindaloo North. tons mine was flat as oxide ore from carry Pump offset an increased amount of fresh ore from Vindaloo, while process grade increased as we access higher grade ore from Vindaloo Main and Central, supplemented by Carey Pump. Looking ahead to Q4, we are expecting a further increase in production versus Q3. At process grades are expected to improve substantially, while process times and recoveries are expected to be relatively unchanged. Turning to the updated life of mine on slide 31, the key drivers behind the update have been near mine exploration success and mill throughput, which has consistently outperformed the optimization study. We have added approximately 2.5 million ounces of measured and indicated resources at a discovery cost of less than $15 per ounce. Which have allowed us to add 1.4 million ounces to reserve. It is worth noting that reserves that carry centre Gap and Pump Northeast have not yet been included, and we're expecting to have these completed by year end. On this side you can see how the detailed production for Hyundai has been enhanced compared to the original study. Similar to the earlier production chart, the white bars show the original mine plan while the blue bars show the incremental production there are a few more points that I'd like to take you through on this chart the first is that we've added more than two hundred and eleven thousand ounces of gold production from 2021 to 2025 which represents a 21% increase over the previous plan the second is that the Hyundai mine life has been extended by at least three years with continued opportunity for expansion from resource conversion and new mine exploration which Patrick will expand on shortly moving to slide 32 let's take a closer look at the long production statistics for Hyundai the Hyundai operation will be able to sustain 250,000 ounces per annum over the next five years and over 200,000 ounces from 2025 for the following five years without taking into account our expectations for conversion from additional exploration upside or sustaining costs are very competitive at under $875 per ounce through to 2025 and currently at just above $900 per ounce over the life of mine our goal is of course to continuously adjust our life of mine plans with each exploration update to augment the production profile for the following five year period on slide 33 we've included a map which illustrates the extended tournament at Hyundai to incorporate the carry area you can see the two new high grade deposits carry pump and carry West that are now part of the updated mine plan as well as additional resources that we will incorporate in the near future turning to slide 34 you can see the monitor divide pit at one the windowly pits will be sustained at the same source of feed over the life of the operation while the addition of the higher grade carry pump and carry west deposits has allowed us to displace lower grade sources to the end of the mine line the carry center gap in the pump northeast deposits a lower grade and carry pumping the west they will contribute positively to extend mine life and they are added to reserves at the end of the year the benefit that the new long plan brings is sufficient time horizon to consider further improvement initiatives, focusing on mining productivity, plant throughput, recovery and cost. It is worth noting, with the volume of ore carry pump we will be considering alternative options to surface haulage. Another good potential project for Hyundai is the use of solar to supplement the grid, which is more expensive than the current Work is already underway in this regard. I will now hand over to Patrick to take us through our exploration program at Wunde. Thanks, Mark. Uh
5: and hello to everyone. Turning to uh, slide 35 now. Uh, when we take a higher level look at the exploration work done at Hunde, if we include the cumulative product depletion, Hunde is now uh, host of to a total reserve endowment of more than 3.4 million ounces within with uh, two point eight million ounces still in reserves. This is an increase of more than sixty four percent compared to the two thousand sixteen optimization study, which essentially means we have more reserves today than we did when mining began. And we are indeed confident that we have several additional opportunities to add even more. Our main focus has been the Carri Area atunday, which now accounts for fifty seven percent of the total Undi Mni resource, with 2.5 million ounces of indicated resources discovered over the past three years, the area hosts high-grade deposits with approximately 84% of indicated resource grading more than 2 grams per ton of gold, amounting to 2.1 million high-grade ounces at a low, very low discovery cost of less than $15 per ounce per indicated ounces. Importantly. All of these deposits are within trucking distance of the plant. Earlier this year, we also announced an update resource estimate in early Q3, incorporating some 554,000 additional indicated answers for the entire carry area. This included extension for the Carry West and Carry Center deposit, plus new maiden resource for the nearby carry Gap and carry South and carry Pump Point Northeast deposit. We will soon start a new drilling campaign of at least 20,000 meters in the Q4, which is focused on targeting extension in field and exploration, uh, exploratory work. We will continue to focus on the carry area until we have finished converting all the resources into reserves, and we expect to announce maiden reserve for carry center, carry gap, south and pump north in our year-end reserve update uh, during Q1 2021 we will then prioritizing the next target that are within 15 kilometers from the mill for exploratory drilling in early 2021 and we look forward to seeing the result of that program uh, with excitement so lots to achieve but lots still to
4: play for at Udney. back to you mark thanks patrick turning now to iti on side 36 you can see that production has decreased slightly since the last quarter as higher throughput and gold recoveries largely offset the lower process grades. all sustaining costs decreased due to a lower strip ratio, an increase in gold sold, higher recovery rates and lower unit processing costs, which were partially offset by higher unit mining and G&A costs and higher royalty expenses related to the gold price. Mining continued to prioritise pit cutbacks during the quarter at the higher grade ITI and Bakatui deposits. Taking a step back to look at mining activities over the past two years since the CIO plant began operation, mining in 2019 was primarily focused on ore extraction. During 2020, we accelerated the pit cutback in quarter two and have been focused on this plus a cutback at factor two to expose additional ore. This will enable us to source ore from several deposits to optimise plant C based on metallurgical characteristics. We are confident these short-term compromises will position ITI for a stronger performance in quarter four and into 2021. Production in quarter four is expected to improve over quarter three due to higher processed grades. Plant feed during the quarter is expected to be sourced primarily from higher grade sulphide ore, at DaPleur, along with historical leach dumps and stockpiles. Throughput and recovery rates are expected to decline due to the expected metallurgical characteristics of the higher proportion of fresh DaPleur ore. Moving to slide 37 and looking at the updated ITI mine plan, similar to Hyundai, we've been able to develop a mine plan that confirms this operation as one of the cornerstones of our business, producing at a rate of 250,000 ounces per year. Reserves have increased steadily through ongoing exploration success, which has allowed us to progressively increase mill throughput through various small capital improvement projects. On this slide, the blue bars show the incremental production compared to the previous plan, which are in white. While there have been some modest variations on an annual basis, we have maintained the ability to bring forward additional high grade discoveries to either increase production in the shorter term window or to sustain the 250 pounds per production for longer, subject to continued discoveries like Leclerc, for example. It is worth noting that the published Life of Mine plan is based on current reserves and installed planned capacity and does not take into account further processing upgrades that are under planning and or detailed engineering, which will bring a range of benefits, including increased throughput, increased recovery and reduced reagent consumption. On slide 38, you can see some additional key metrics, both for the five-year period starting in 2021 and what we anticipate the following five-year period will look like as well as the total life of mine as it currently stands. Headline numbers are annual production of approximately two hundred and fifty thousand ounces through to twenty twenty five and an average of two hundred and thirty thousand ounces over an eleven year mine life. All sustaining costs are very competitive at seven hundred and eighty dollars per ounce for both the next five years as well as over the life of mine. Moving to slide 39, we have recently received the mining permit for the entire Flora license area, highlighted in purple, which is held within a new subsidiary, the Société de Mines de Flora, and 90% owned by Endeavour. This license covers the existing Le Plac deposit as well as several additional targets in close proximity, and will give us flexibility to bring additional discoveries into the mine plan in the future the beach that was constructed for access to the pit enables access to both sides of the Covelly River were fully licensed as well on the next slide we have detailed the mining schedule across the nine deposits at easy access to the Le Parc deposit is underway we expect to finish all land compensation and all road construction in the next five to six months so that we can start grade control drilling and infrastructure establishment ahead of the wet season in early 2021 this will enable us to come into mine in late twenty twenty one. Patrick will talk about exploration plans shortly, so we will always advance higher grade options ahead of the lower grade pits such as the Gbt It is great to have that range of options and flexibility at IT. I'll now hand over to Patrick.
5: Thanks, Mark. Uh Turning to slide 41, as you can see on the map, uh, the ET mine remains highly, highly prospective with uh, quite a significant number of exploration targets, uh, which are all within tracking distance of the plant. As Ma- already mentioned, so far since 2016, we have been, we have uh, discovered more than 2.3 million ounces of indicated resource and I am confident due to the quality of the exploration portfolio that we will continue to find more. Since March 2018, our primary focus has been the Le Plac area, and you can see we have been very busy. During the year to date, the majority of exploration has continued to focus on the Le Plac area, with $13 million spent year to date comprising over 85,000 meters of drilling. During H1 2020, we also carried out more drilling on the northern part of the FloLew license area. This reconnaissance drilling outlined that the plaques Plaque represents only around 30% of the large northern FloLew anomalies area. Drilling on this additional target is ongoing, with results pending on several holes. Our goal is to delineate new resources at some of these targets in 2021 and I look forward to updating you as we progress on that. We are also drilling uh, uh, near mill target, including Vers West, the historic uh, niche pad of ET, and
4: the Dapler Southwest. Now back to you, Mark. Thanks, Patrick. On slide 42, I'll take you through our act mine where production remained flat from last quarter. An increased proportion of mill feed was comprised of higher grade fresh ore. Which compensated for the expected reduction in plant throughput. This all was sourced from the deeper elevations of the North and South Pits, which resulted in higher waste stripping and a corresponding decrease in ore mining. Looking to the last quarter of the year, we expect production to increase as we process higher grades and increased tonnage. Mining is expected to continue principally in the North and South Pits. Throughput is expected to increase following the end of the rainy season. While recoveries are expected to increase, that slightly decrease due to greater volumes of the harder fresh oil process. Moving to slide 43, production at Karma increased slightly from last quarter due to the recovery of some of the gold locked up in the heap during previous quarters. This offset the lower grade recovery rate and tonnage stack driven by the rainy season and higher strip ratios associated with the Cow North and GG1 pits. We expect production to increase slightly during quarter four, thanks to increased tonnage stacked during the dry season. Mining is expected to continue at Cow North and GG1 through the remainder of the year, with stack grades expected to be consistent with those in quarter three as low grade stockpiles supplement or stacked. Turning to slide 44, this is our first look at how the Manor mine is performing as an endeavour operation. I've been to site four times now over the past four months and we will be heading there again next week as part of our budget process. This has enabled me to understand the operation quite well and meet many of the team. With the completion of the few open pits, all focus is on waste stripping at Wona and maintaining strong production performance in the underground. We have undertaken a review of exploration targets and will commence drilling for both open pit and underground extensions in quarter four. We've also employed an experienced general manager for MANA who has good open pit and underground experience. This quarter production increased significantly. One of the biggest improvements was a substantial increase in total tons mine due to an increase in equipment availability. This allowed us to increase all mining by 19% in spite of a higher strip ratio. Ore extraction focused on CU and Wona pits while pre-stripping was conducted at Wona. In the underground, all mining increased 43% versus quarter two, which was impacted by a two-week shut related to implementation of preventative COVID-19 measures. All processing increased as a result of higher available feed for the mill. Looking ahead, following a stronger quarter three, we expect production to decline modestly in quarter four due to the completion of the CU open pit, while increased ore from Wona will lead to lower throughput and recoveries. Operations will focus on non-sustaining underground development and pre-stripping of Wainer, which is expected to increase both sustaining and non-sustaining capital expenditure. We will also initiate a 35,000-metre drilling program for quarter four with 27,000 metres of RC and 8,000 metres of core drilling plan. The program is targeted at northeast continuations of oxide mineralisation at Kona and CU Open Pits, a further 15,000 metres will be targeted at evaluating continuations of underground shoots at the northeast and southwest extensions of, of Sioux. Moving to Bungu on side 45. Similar to I have had four trips to Bungu with another plan for next week. Our general manager from Izzy is now on site and good progress has been made with the mobilisation of SFTP who have purchased a large amount of the previous mining contractors fleet in addition to their the fleet that they are mobilizing to site we've conducted an exploration review with patrick's team and drilling will also recommend in quarter four as announced last month mining activities successfully restarted at Bungu, which will enable us to have a strong fourth quarter i'd like to thank the government of burkina faso for their partnership in improving regional security and also to say well done to everyone involved in getting this restart off the ground quickly and safely. It marks a real milestone for us and is a key factor to realising the full benefits of the Semaphore acquisition. Production in quarter three remained flat compared to the previous quarter as increased plant throughput offset the lower grade mill feed. We were able to extract some previously blasted ore, which helped to offset the decline in stockpile grade in the lead up to the recommencement of mining. That concludes my operational review. I'll now hand back to Sebastian.
2: Thanks, Mark. Before we hand over to Q&A, I'd like to reiterate the uh, strategic importance of the Hyundai and ET mines to our overall ambitions of being a strong dividend-paying gold producer. This chart is a neat summary of how we have turned around this business in just uh, you know, four years, following a period of significant investment and hard work. You can see that our portfolio is now better balanced with an attractive cost profile, and gives us significant visibility into the future. With the investment period now over and debt falling rapidly this quarter, aided by, supported by a strong gold price, we've been able to achieve our goal of becoming a sustainable dividend payer. I'm proud of the combined efforts of our exploration, mine development, and operations team who have worked together to make these mines a resounding success. Looking ahead, uh, we have several interesting near-term catalysts coming up. With higher production expected at both Hyundai and Bungu in Q4, we are expected to have a record quarter. We also expect to announce maiden reserves for Kai Center and Kai Gap in our year-end reserve statement. Turning to our growth portfolio, we plan to announce the accelerated PFS for our greenfield cellular project during Q1. With our first dividend announcement today, our next goal is to seek a secondary listing to broaden our appeal to investors and drive incremental investor demand through increased index inclusion. We have worked hard and invested heavily in recent years to build the platform that we have today. I really believe this work is now paying off and we are looking good for the end of the year and into the future. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sebastian, Henri, Mark and Patrick. That's a stellar job job as always. It's lots of details, but I'm sure that our audience appreciates it. This concludes the formal portion of our session. Operator, we will now take applause, comments and of course questions.
6: Thank you. Once again, as a reminder, if you do have a comment or a question on today's call, please press star one on your telephone and wait for your name to be taken by the operator, that's star one, if you have a comment or a question on today's call. If you wish to cancel this request, please press the hash key. Our first question comes from the line of Raj Ray from BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open, please ask your question.
7: Good afternoon Sebastian and team. Um, My first question is on your uh, dividend uh, and and congrats on stuiting your first dividend. Um, um, if I'm not wrong, you're basing it on on a 1%, maintaining 1%, one maintaining one one point six percent dividend yield, and it's not a percentage of your earnings or free cash flow. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, the uh, the intent is until we um, we reach 250 million dollars of net cash on the balance sheet, uh, we'll maintain the same same level of yield, and then once we've reached the 250 million dollars net cash, which you know based on different gold expectations throughout 2021 can come as early as uh, you know, say Q2, Q3, then uh, we'll be able to uh, increase the dividend yield uh, by distributing you know, further to our shareholders.
7: Okay, thanks Sebastian. Um, my second question, and if I'm not uh, wrong, you did mention about the potential uh, share repurchase that you, you, you could look at. Uh, uh, can you give us some uh, color on what valuation benchmarks uh, uh, would you be looking at with respect to uh, whether you would be buy, buying back your shares or not?
2: Sure. Well, I think that uh, you know the objective for us is uh, you know to come up and and that will be probably as part of our year-end results uh, with uh, a strategy on capital allocation that includes the buyback instrument. Uh, you know, by uh, by uh, Feb March when we'll publish our year-end results, uh, we'll be able to uh, to describe again. Given the strong balance sheet where we are, that as part of our capital allocation strategy, uh, buyback uh, may become you know an attractive tools of returning uh, value to uh, to shareholders if and only if the um, the share price you know continues to be uh, significantly underperforming.
7: Okay okay thank you and then uh, um, if I may just a couple more questions, first up on your um, uh, convertible bonds uh, if I'm not wrong there's a 20 of the uh, soft call provision provision that uh, kicks in uh, February 2021 um, now this depends on where your share price is at that point and if it's above the trigger price but uh, um, do you have any, any thoughts on whether you'd be looking to um, uh, call that or you let it right to, to maturity
2: well, I think you're right, Raj. I mean, uh, in, in in Feb or March, I mean, the uh, we, we have the ability with this call option. Uh, doesn't mean that we're going to exercise it. Uh, but we, um, we always said that uh, our intent was that once we reach, you know, a strong balance sheet, and we do believe that, uh, you know, thanks in particular to our two key assets, uh, we should, you know, in this uh, current gold price environment, continue to generate significant cash flow. Which means that uh, you know once we are able to reach this 250 million dollars net cash and we are able to continue to pile up cash, uh, you know down the road, uh, we'll make the assessment on whether from a capital allocation standpoint, it makes sense to uh, to call back this bond or not.
7: Okay, thank you. And then one last question, uh, maybe this is for Patrick. Uh, just wanted to get a sense of the strip ratio for La Plaque. Uh, uh, if I remember correctly, um, uh, ET ha- had a low strip of two, but the strip ratio has increased with the uh, inclusion of LaPlaque. And how is the profile for the strip ratio? Is it uh, higher at the, the beginning or, or as you go deeper into the uh, LaPlaque deposit, the strip ratio increases? Any thoughts there?
5: Uh, hi. Uh yeah, I, as far as I remember, uh, it's, uh, yes, it's significantly uh, higher than ET uh, uh, because uh, the mineralization are much more, I would say, vertical. So for the exact number of the strip ratio, I don't remember. Maybe uh, Mark could uh, answer more in detail because I know this has been included in uh, our latest mining plan. Mark?
1: Yeah. Uh, Patrick, if I were to step in here, it's about four, it's over 4 to 1, whereas ET is less than 2 to 1, so it is more, uh, okay. but it is by trade. Uh, Raj, to your question on timing uh, of the different deposits in the press release, uh, Figure 7 of the uh, Life of Mine press release, you have a table there with the PIT sequencing, uh, so the plaque shows that it's coming into production in late next year and runs throughout the Life of Mine until 2028. So the idea is to blend the higher grade uh, with some of the lower grade deposits to maintain this 250,000 ounce flat profile.
7: Okay. Thank you very much, that's it from me.
2: Thanks, Raj.
6: Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Lawson Winder from BNA Securities. Your line is open, please ask your question.
0: Oh, hi, everybody. Um, Really exciting dividend policy. Um, Well played. I I just wanted to um, ask another question on that policy to sort of reinforce my understanding of it. So it is based on the yield. And just, you know, hypothetically, if your share price were to double from here, your um, dividend payout then would double to 120 million dollars. Well,
2: <laughs> I think that uh, you know, if our share price, you know, doubles, I think it just uh, will be reflecting, you know, the strong balance sheet and the further cash flow that we'll be generating. Uh, so we should be able to continue to maintain this uh, this level of yield. So uh, so that's one. And and second, as as mentioned, I think that uh, you know we believe that uh, returning value to uh, to shareholders, in particular the ones that have been supporting us over the last uh, you know four or five years. Uh, through the intensive capex phase of building Hyundai E-T, uh, you know, once we've reached this 250 million dollar milestone, uh, then uh, instead of uh, you know keeping a discretionary view on uh, on this policy, we'll get more into uh, percentage of uh, you know cash flow generated by the company once we've reached this 250 million dollars. So. Uh, the, the, where we are excited is uh, we've reached as we expected in 2020 this uh, nearly net debt net debt zero. Uh, now it's all about maximizing cash flow. We said that we wouldn't start any new projects in terms of construction before 22, uh, which means that 21 is solely focused on maximizing cash flow and getting as fast as possible to this 250 million dollars net cash position, so that we can continue to increase uh, the return to shareholders. And in parallel as we have the balance sheet and the cash flow we'll be able also to revisit what is the best capital allocation I mean for our shareholders uh, including potential buybacks depending on share
0: price performance yeah thanks so much for that Sebastian um, uh, just on another thing you touched on there on um, the no capex in uh, 2021 um, however I mean you do plan to have a pre-feasibility study out on, on feticro and I'm just curious. I mean, assuming that pre-feasibility, pre-feasibility study is, is positive, uh, are there any um, permitting-type um, restrictions that, that would prevent you from proceeding with at least some CapEx spending at uh, that asset in 2021?
2: Well, the, um, uh, we'll have to move, as soon as we have um, a sensible feasibility study, we'll have to move to permitting, uh, which, you know, is a process which... Uh, uh, we're extremely familiar with in, uh, in Côte d'Ivoire, as you saw with the uh, recent Le Plaque uh, permit. Uh, our objective would be to have to be in a position to have uh, a completed feasibility study and, uh, and mining permits you know, uh, uh, ready by the end of the year uh, so that we can decide in terms of capital allocation uh, whether between Kalana and Fetecro. Fetecro is the first one to uh, go into construction uh, starting in, in 22.
0: Ah, Great. That's a fantastic color. And then um, on the um, on the listing last quarter, you said you're looking at um, a secondary listing in either London or New York. Maybe uh, one, could you just update us on that process? And two, um, you know, from from this point forward, could you see Endeavor possibly having two additional listings, a secondary and a third? Some of your peers have done that. Sure.
2: Um, I think that, you know, uh, uh, our view is that um, uh, given our increased size, we believe it makes sense to have a second listing. Uh, We're currently evaluating the uh, the right venue. Most of the work, to be frank, has been done. Uh, I would say that we nearly have the answer. The, the, um, the issue we're facing is in terms of timing, it takes time, I mean, to prepare whether for New York or London, uh, you know, this listing. So I think there is no point in announcing, uh, you know, something that's going to occur in six months' time, announcing already, uh, you know, the venue. I would just say that we are doing the work so that, uh, you know, by end of Q2 uh, we are in a position to, uh, to announce, uh, I mean, to make the listing happening, which probably means that we'll be announcing it as part of our, you know, uh, year-end results um so uh, yes i mean we're progressing very well on on all that uh, full steam uh, we have a dedicated project team working on that and and we believe that that's an important catalyst also for our share price in 2021
0: um okay and then just any thought to um to to two listings uh,
2: new york or london and uh, and i would say that uh, you know Still evaluating the
0: merits between uh, between the two okay fair enough Um, all right and then just one final question for me I'd like to ask sort of a conceptual question Um, I mean if I look historically at your sort of um, deposit strategy you guys have tended to go after um, deposits of course in West Africa that that tend to be higher grade uh, large proportions of oxide material and I'm just curious how you would think about adding a potential refractory deposit to the portfolio and how you might manage the risk associated with that and the technical challenge that would come along with that. Thanks
2: sure well i think that uh you know the um given the quality of the portfolio that uh, that we have uh and i think you know patrick and the team have been you know really excited about you know focusing on uh, identifying uh short-term nearby high-grade oxide deposits uh you know so far we continue to deliver on that front we know that at some point we might have uh, in particular on the on the nearby uh you know to focus on on a bit lower grade uh, and, um, and we all know that in West Africa there are a lot also of refractory ore. I don't think it's on the agenda today. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure that uh, technically there's been a lot of progress done uh, on treating refractory ore. Uh, and a lot of our peers, you know, are progressing on, on that. So I think that, uh, you know, down the road I'm sure that that's something that the group, you know, will be, uh, will be evaluating and, and might enter into. But uh, but we don't need to for today, uh, which is good. Uh, and this is why we're so happy with our you know, life of mine plans that we published on, on Hyundai and E.T., uh, given you know, the strong visibility that uh, I think we're giving to, uh, you know, to investors in the market on those, uh, on those life of mine plans with easy ore
0: to treat, I would say. Great. As always, thanks so much, Sebastian, and thank you, everybody else, for your comments No, today. thanks. Thank you, Lars.
6: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Farid Tariq from Credit Suisse. Your line is open. Please ask your question.
8: Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, on ET, on the 10-year outlook, uh, I noticed in the outer years or uh, you know, near the end of that 10-year period, there's a gap. And at Hyundai, it, it, you know, from your comments, it sounds like carry Centre and carry Gap would fill, uh, fill that gap. But for ET, where do you see the exploration upside that would kind of fill that gap in the later years to get you to the 250,000 ounces per year? Thanks.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I think, you know, Patrick could, uh, you know, could confirm. But, uh, you know, Le Plaque, for example, uh, I mean, it's still, uh, you know, it's still open and we haven't finished, uh, you know, on the uh, the Le Plaque, you know, wider area. Uh, so uh, you know the team uh, continues to be extremely excited by uh, the multiple targets that uh, we continue to identify on ET. Uh, so it's clear that uh, we're not short of ideas on uh, on target where to find more uh, more answers. It's just a question of putting you know priorities. And uh, as you tend to go more you know to the uh, to the back end of the life of mine plan, nine to ten years down the road. Obviously, uh, you know it—it it shift in terms of priority and, and timing versus other more short-term, you know, priorities on other mine sites and so on. So, Patrick, I mean, I don't know if you want to give a bit more color on uh, on all those different, uh, you know, targets and potential.
5: Yes, uh, sure. Uh, yes, uh, uh, as uh, Sebastian said, there is still some upside in the plaque deposit itself. Uh, but uh, something to remember is uh, in E.T., you know, we have been very fast and concentrating, uh, as somebody said before, on uh, uh, quite shallow, open pitable uh, oxide type of uh, mineralization. That being said, we know that we have some deeper potential whether, uh, for example, in the plaque, in the Aple, in Bacatu, too, where uh, initial explorations start- stopped at uh, quite a shallow depth. So we know we are outside there, but on top of that, as was mentioned uh, before during the presentation, there is potential in uh, verso west, in uh, several areas actually around Et, where uh, limited exploration was done. Maybe not for 1 million ounce deposit, but we do believe that uh, there is very good chance to find uh, additional 2 to 300 thousand ounces deposit around Et at least within. Uh, the five kilometers radius around DT. So for us, it's just a matter of time just to fill that gap.
8: Okay, that's that's clear. Thank you. And then my only other question was on royalties. I know they're higher, but is that a function of just the gold price, or are you um, seeing any pressure from certain governments to try to revise the royalty regime because of you know COVID budget deficits or just you know higher gold prices? I'm just trying to get a sense of, so far it sounds like it's basically the gold price, but going forward, yes, it, you know, it's it is, do, do, it do, do is do solely,
2: uh, yeah, I confirm it is solely gold price. As you know, in most of the countries where we operate, uh, the mining code is basically a, a scaling royalty based on gold price. Uh, so it's simply mechanically the effect of uh, of gold price increase.
8: And and just, have you seen any pressure from any of the governments to try to revise any of the mining agreements? Thanks.
2: No, and I I think that, uh, you know, what I've been advocating regarding, uh, you know, West Africa countries, in particular the French West Africa where we operate, is that because those, you know, mining codes do take into account, uh, you know, higher gold price uh, with this mechanism, uh, they are already uh, incentivized, uh, and therefore they have no reason into, uh,
8: you know, revisiting all this. Okay, great. That's it for me. Thank you. Thank you.
6: We have no further questions in in the queue. Please continue.
1: Well, thank you, everyone, for your questions and attendance. As there's no more questions, we'll now finish the call. I, of course, remain available to address any questions offline. Uh, For those of you that have also seen on our website, we published... Uh, the virtual tours for E.T. and Hyundai along with those mine plants. So we invite you to visit those. Thank you, everyone, and have a good day. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's Investor Relations section on their website. See you next time.